0: Morning. morning. Well, thank you for praying for me this last week. You know, I was, uh, felt like near dead last Sunday, but, uh, I'm, I'm feeling very good. So glad to be with you this morning. We, um, you know, we've been preaching through the book of Romans, and in Romans 12, one of Paul's exhortations and we're going to get to it, is for us to honor one another, to honor one another. So, as I did last year on Mother's Day, I have again decided to take a break from our study in Romans. We'll pick it up next week, and we'll um, maybe look at that passage where it says that specifically. And we're going to, this morning, I'm going to speak about and honor motherhood. Motherhood. And my wife liked the sermon that I did so much last year, And I figured none of you remembered it, that I'm going to go ahead and use it again (laughs) with a few minor changes, okay? But before we we get into that, I want to read a portion of an article that was sent to me uh, this last week concerning Mother's Day and honoring mothers. In the article, the author takes some time, just a little time, to acknowledge the wide continuum, the wide continuum of mothering. And I thought it was, it was written fairly well, so I want to share that with you right now before we get into the message. Just listen. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nest in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. (laughs) I speak from personal experience. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness. And remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. We remember you. Hey, would you just take a moment to give a large, large and, and loud round of applause for Motherhood? Would you do that now? <clears throat> so let me start off this message the same way I did last time. <laughs> By taking you back to the first book of the Bible, that is Genesis. That is Genesis. In the uh, opening chapter of Genesis, we we learn the fact that God is the one who created the universe, created our world, and, according to the Word of God, created the first two human beings to live on our planet. Their names Adam and Eve. And when he created them, we are told in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Beloved, it is this fact, this historical fact, this biblical fact, that humanity was created in the image and likeness of God that makes humanity unique among and exalted above every other creature that God created. Humanity is without a doubt the apex or the highest point of God's creation. Us, beloved. I also want to add that this reality being created in the image and likeness of God and not the ridiculous and dangerous theory of evolution this reality is the basis for believing that every human being inherently has immeasurable value or worth. Very important, beloved. It is the fact that we were made or created in the image and likeness of God, not that we evolved from some goo out of the, some pond scum somewhere and eventually evolved from apes. There's nothing inherently worthy about that. But there's something very valuable in the fact that we were made in the image and likeness of God. Now maybe you're wondering what it means exactly to be created in the image and likeness of God. Well, without getting into all the the details of that right now, the most general and basic explanation would be that humanity was made by God to resemble God. Humanity was made by God to resemble God or made to be like him. We are not him. That's another false teaching, but made to be like him and in a number of ways represent him in the world, this world, that he created. Now, beloved, unfortunately, you all know this too well, sin to one degree or another has distorted humanity's likeness of God. One theologian, one scholar writes this concerning this very thing. After the fall, the fall is a reference to Genesis 3. We also find a reference to it in Romans 5, where man sinned against God and plunged humanity into depravity and ruin. After the fall, then, we are still, though, in God's image. We are still like God, and we still represent God. But the image of God is distorted. His image is not seen as clearly as it once was. Our likeness to God, defiled by sin, doesn't look like everything it is supposed to. We are less fully like God than when we were before the entrance of sin. Does that make sense? Do you know that to be true? Personally, it is true. It is true, beloved. Now, while it is true that sin has certainly marred the image of God in humanity, or that humanity's likeness to God does not look like everything it is supposed to, it is also true that the image of God in humanity is not unrecognizable either. It's not unrecognizable. Now, there's obviously much more that I could say about this important topic, but I simply brought it up and kind of just scratch the surface of it to help prepare us for the the short message I have today concerning motherhood. And what does that all have to do with motherhood, you ask? Well, I think you would agree that there are many wonderful and good traits or qualities or characteristics that immediately stand out when we think about motherhood or mothers collectively. Is that right? Yes. yes? Okay, thank you. And it is these beautiful traits, beloved, that give us every good reason for honoring and appreciating mothers who manifest these qualities. In fact, these traits are often reflected in overpriced Hallmark cards. It's just a personal beef, that's all. I just want to get that out there. But at the same time, we should recognize that these noble and honorable qualities are ultimately the reflection of the Creator. Of the Creator. Because they have been made in the image and likeness of God. Made to resemble Him. And so as we pause today to reflect on those things that make motherhood honorable, we should also reflect or pause and reflect on the greatness and the glory of God. Additionally, the wonderful or good traits or qualities that we we find to be generally true of mothers as as a reflection of being made in the image of God can be due to sin, harder to see in some than in others. And in the case of unbelievers or non-Christians, those who have not been rescued yet from the power of sin in their lives, those who have not been set free in Jesus Christ, those who do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them and enabling them to look more and more like Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, in those cases, sin may not just leave them less fully like God, but nothing like God at all. And maybe you, you grew up with a mother like that. But again, generally speaking, mothers in many ways reflect the fact that they have been made in the image of God. And this morning, I just want to talk about three traits, just three. There's more, beloved. You can probably think of more. In fact, I won't talk about mercy. Thank goodness for the mercy of mothers, right? Thank goodness for their mercy. Beloved, that's an attribute of God. He is merciful. We won't talk about that. There are more. I I bet you could think up some on your own. I encourage you to do that. But I'm just going to talk about three traits that reveal their likeness to God so that our appreciation for both moms and God might be magnified. It might increase. It might grow. That's all we're going to do this morning, very simply. And the first is this, and it's probably the one that stands out right away for all of us, and that is a mother's love for her child. A mother's love for her child. Again, as a general rule, when we think about mothers... Christian or non-Christian, okay? It is a very common thing to think first and foremost when we think about them, about the incredible love that they have for their child or their their children. And that special and wonderful love has been observed and repeatedly commented on by people from all over the world. This is not just a, a thing that we recognize. It's recognized worldwide in many different countries in all kinds of cultures, a mother's love for her child. One writer put it this way, a mother's love for her child is like nothing else in the world. It knows no law, no pity. It dares all things and crushes down remorselessly all that stands in its path. A mother's love, in other words, for a child, appears to have no limits, no limits. It is unrestrained, and it does not let anything stand in its way, a mother's love. Another writer says this, whatever else is unsure in this stinking dunghill of a world, a mother's love is not. A mother's love is not... Again, beloved, we're speaking generally, okay? This is not always true in every situation, and I recognize that. But generally speaking, to one degree or another, this is the case. Now, the idea here is you may not be able to count on many things in this messed up world, right? Huh? But you can always be certain about a mother's love. In one quote that I've always found amusing, concerning a mother's love, and you know it, is now that is a face <laughs> that only a mother could love. <laughs> I mean, face, child, <laughs> attitude, <laughs> whatever it is. Meaning, even if, every, if everyone else, this is what it means, even if everyone else is put off <laughs> by that individual's unattractive appearance, Or personality, or whatever, their mother would still love them and cherish them, regardless. Right? That's where the phrase comes from. It's only a face a mother. You know, they didn't notice. They didn't say that. It's only a face a father could love. (laughs) Father's like, please stand behind me, please. (laughs) What? What went wrong? What went wrong? Not so with mothers, not so. Now listen, when you think about the beauty of a mother's love, the wonder of it, and you look closely at it, beloved, you will see the likeness of God. You will see the likeness of God. Now obviously, because of sin, a mother's love will never, it will never be a perfect reflection of God's love for his children. But nonetheless, you can still see a striking resemblance. Can you? Yes. See, what is commonly said of a mother's love for her child can also be said and said more confidently and accurately of God's incredible love for his children. The love of God for his children, beloved, is truly... Truly, like nothing else in this world. And whatever else is unsure in the stinking dunghill of a world, God's love for his children is not. And most importantly, and think this through with me, but the Bible's description of our spiritual condition or of the spiritual condition of fallen humanity is anything but attractive. In fact, the picture is downright ugly. It's ugly. And yet God still set his love on us. Still adores. Let me just remind you of Of that spiritual ugliness that characterizes our fallenness, one writer says. Well, the Bible says this. Paul, the apostle Paul, says this in Titus chapter three, verse three. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice. And envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's the fallenness of humanity, beloved. It's not pretty. Colossians chapter one verse 21. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, again, the description of fallen humanity. It's not pretty, it's ugly, it's disgusting. It's repulsive. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And you know this passage, verse 4, but in contrast to all of that wickedness, God, being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. The point I am making is that there was absolutely, beloved, no reason for God to be attracted to us. None whatsoever And in fact, there was every reason for God to be put off or repulsed by us. And yet, He loved us anyway. He loved us anyway. In spite of our ugliness, our unattractiveness, spiritually speaking, like having a face that only a mother could love, God, in spite of all that, of all that was unlovely about us, still loved us. And because of that, he willingly and graciously gave up or sacrificed his beloved son. Unbelievable for our much-needed salvation. Aren't you glad, beloved? Aren't you glad? And that brings me to the second wonderful trait that appears to be common among mothers that reveals their likeness to God, and that is a mother's great sacrifices, a mother's great sacrifices for her child. And in this case, when you think of the word sacrifice, you can simply think of giving up something valuable or important for someone else. Giving up something valuable or important for someone else. You with me? Now, help me out here. What are some of the many things that may be important or valuable to a mom, to any human being for that matter, but to a mom, but she gives up for the sake of her child? Sleep. Breakfast, come on, showering, Showering. (laughs) yes, Uh, body cleansing, yeah, all that stuff, Uh, sanitation, what else, friendship, job, freedom, (laughs) anything else, her alone time, that's out the door, forget that. Okay, no one's gonna say it. Her appearance. <laughs> hey, it comes back, you know, it comes back. But I mean, I'm talking about, listen, listen. Jeez, guys. No sleep. I'm not, I'm not just talking about the pregnancy, come on. I'm talking about the whole thing, raising children. It's hard, it's hard, it's exhausting. It beats you down. It takes the life out of you. (laughs) Huh? Yeah. They give up their life. Incrementally, they give up their life. They say that a man's work is from son to son, but a mother's work is never done. You know, you men, you could be scoring points right now if you said, that's right, baby, that's right. If you would just, if you would see all the cues that I give you and take advantage of them. But I say all this sincerely. I mean every word of it. One writer says, by and large, mothers are the only workers who do not have regular time off. They are the great vacationless class. I mean, even when you go, listen, folks, even as a family, when you go on vacation, <laughs> right, with mom, mom never, what vacation is that for her? She's with you on vacation, that's what it is. <laughs> Taking care of the children, and you probably. <laughs> you want to give your wife a vacation? Put the kids away somewhere, and you take that, you take that lovely lady, and you give her a break. You give her a break. That's a vacation for mom. Beloved, I think it goes without saying that moms in relationship to their children could be appropriately characterized by the word sacrifice. I think that characterizes them. But that shouldn't surprise us. Because God can also be characterized by that word. And they were created in His likeness. As we know, God went to the extreme in giving up something valuable or important for us. He went to the extreme. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 says this, In this... In this, what he's going to say right now, the love of God was made manifest among us. His love was shown to us, demonstrated so that we could see it. And here it is, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, you you know the story, right? He didn't send his son into the world so his son could hang out and have a party, chill with us, find out what it's like to live down here with us human folks. He sent his son into the world to die a cruel and terrible death. To take upon himself the wrath that you and I deserved as sinners, as rebels against God. God did that. God sacrificed his very son. For our sakes, for our good, for our salvation, for our sins, because of his great love for us, God the Father Sacrificed his only son, his beloved son, God the Son. While no sacrifice can ever measure up to the one that God made, a mother's continual sacrifices for those she loves is, in my estimation, a continual reminder that she has been made in the very image and likeness of God. And finally, the third wonderful trait that is common among mothers and reveals their likeness to God is this. It is a mother's strong desire for the success of her child. For the success of her child. Now, now what do I mean by that? Well, generally speaking, a mother never stops longing to see her child do well. To be successful, if you will. In fact, I think it would be totally out of the norm to find a mom who is indifferent or unconcerned when it comes to the success or well-being of her child. Don't you think? Yes, it's possible because sin messes everything up distorts our likeness of God, it's possible, but it would be strange to to find a mom who's like, I don't care how they turn out. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Spent nine months giving birth to them, raised them, made all those sacrifices. I don't care. Do whatever they want. No. No. In fact, many of moms, many of moms suffer anxiety and lose a great deal of sleep concerning this very matter. Huh? Huh? Uh Am I making this up? No. One writer says this, commenting on this no matter how old a mother is, she watches her middle aged children for signs of improvement. (laughs) Lord, please help them get better. Please, Lord. They're they're still praying, they're still thinking, they're still caring. Now, I am quite aware that moms might define success for their child in very different ways. And certainly a Christian mom would hopefully, no doubt, think differently about this than a non-Christian mom. I mean, a non-Christian mom may just think, I want him to grow up and be happy and find success and get a good job and get married and have children and so on and so forth, you know, those kind of things. Um, a Christian mom hopefully would think a little bit differently, maybe a little more biblical about what it would look like for her child to grow up successful. But nevertheless, moms in general remain concerned about their children because moms truly long and yearn, yearn in the deepest part of who they are, to see their children turn out well. And when they don't, beloved, I'll just tell you, it destroys a mother. It just rips her apart. Again, dads, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, we're in, impacted as well, but I'm not talking about dads today. So just chill, all right? <laughs> but dads, you know, sometimes they're like, yeah, yeah. Well... He slept with the dogs or whatever the, how that dumb phrase goes he laid with the dogs or no he stayed out with the dogs now he's got to lay with them you know dad's like yeah he made his own bed now laying it you know moms are dying a thousand deaths and dads are like that's what you deserve fool you know i mean <laughs> and i it's a good balance it's a good balance <laughs> i'm not saying all dads are that way some are worse beloved, they long to see their children turn out well. Okay, that's all I'm saying. However, uh, right, God's idea of, but, you know, what's interesting about this, and I'm just comparing this to being made in the image and likeness of God, God as well longs and desires to see his children turn out well. Think about it. He's like, all right, you're my child now. I don't really care what you do. Whatever you do, just do what you want. You're saved. You'll get into heaven. Don't worry about it. Is that God's approach or thinking? Or is that what? No, way, not even close. But listen, God's idea of, of, of what success looks like might certainly be different than some mothers. Okay? And certainly if they are not Christians, because God's because success in God's eyes is ultimately is ultimately and you know this if you've been with us as we've moved through the book of Romans it is ultimately for his children to look just like his beloved son his beloved son Jesus Christ that is in all that they say and all that they do and all that they think and all that they feel which is really beloved the very best possible thing for any human being So just a a word to you moms out here. You want success for your child? That should be what you desire. That they are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, which means, first and foremost, they need a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know some of you are praying just for that because they are apart from Christ right now. They have still chosen not to believe. This is such a strong desire of God's, by the way, that according to Romans, he has predestined every believer, every adopted child of his, to be conformed to the image of his son. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. See, there is some distinctions, right? Moms desire it, moms long for it, moms yearn for their children to turn out well. God longs, he desires, but he sovereignly and providentially will bring it to pass. And this process, beloved, of being made like Christ, guess what? It's it's already taking place in the life of every believer through the work of the Holy Spirit that God has placed in each and every one of his dear children. Now, I'm going to shock you, I know but I'm actually done. <laughs> I'm done. I know. Now, I do have a closing prayer, and you never know how long that could go. In fact, I'm told it often goes way too long. <laughs> now, listen, I'm done. I'm finished. Finish is the more appropriate term. Done's for cooking. I'm finished. And... Um, but in conclusion, beloved, it is, it is good and right to honor motherhood. It is good and right. Because in reality, in honoring motherhood, whether you know it or not, you are honoring God. And so I hope this morning your gratitude for and appreciation of both moms and God, I hope it's even greater than it was before. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the blessing of mothers, the blessing of motherhood. Father, we, again, we recognize, we want to say, say it very clearly, we understand that because of sin, because how that has distorted all of us, including moms, not every mom is, is someone worthy, really, of honor. In fact, in, in some cases, they don't deserve any in the sense that they've been horrific or horrible mothers. But Father, we thank you for your common grace because that is not the rule of thumb. That is not generally true. In fact, we find the opposite to be true. Father, you have, you have made moms in such a way that it's, it, it causes us to stop and to even pause and even have a day like this where we say, they are worthy of honor. Father, we, we've just covered a few, but when we think about the love that they, they pour out for their children, again, Father, we have to stop and reflect on the fact that they're made in your image, and, and so it causes us to kind of stand in awe of you as well. We know that their love is not a perfect love. We know that they're sinners. We know that they make mistakes. And But Father, just trying to separate all that out and, and, and looking at the general picture, it is beautiful, the love a mom has for her kids. It's beautiful. Just as your love that you have for us, God, is incredible and wonderful and awe-inspiring. As we think about the sacrifices, Lord, so many, just pray we would reflect on that today, the the many sacrifices our moms have had to make. I even think about in the situation where a woman may have given her child up for adoption because she knew it was impossible for her to to provide and, and raise this child, and she's in a bad place, what a sacrifice that is, so that that child might have a home that where it could be loved and cherished. Others keep their children, and they continue to make sacrifices for the rest of their lives. Father, we thank you for mothers. We thank you for them. And Father, we, we know like you, they long for their children to turn out well. I, I pray that their longings would align with your longings, They would desire in their heart of hearts, above all else, that their children would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That begins first and foremost with salvation. Apart from salvation, no one can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Father, I know there's many moms here. I see their prayer request. They die a thousand deaths over and over again because their children do not know you. So, Lord... I pray for their children now, and I ask the body to join me even now in this prayer. That these boys and girls, these young men and women who have chosen still to spurn you, to reject you, Father, I pray that you would work in their lives powerfully and in such a way to, to bring them to a place of repentance. They would turn from their foolishness, turn from their rebellion, turn from their unbelief, cry out to you, and put all their faith and hope and confidence in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and once and for all, be saved. Father, for those moms who have children who are saved, they still long to see them turn out well, and we know what a difficult world this is to grow up in and live in, and and work through. Father, I just want to join those moms in praying for their children who know know you, Father, but still face this world and face their own struggles and face their own sin that they're still dealing with, Father. I pray, Lord, you would continue to guide them on the paths of righteousness. Lord, that you would bring people into their lives that would Be a positive influence on them. And by that I mean lead them more towards you. Encourage you. Encourage them in the ways of the Lord. That's what I mean, Father. Lord, we are our children and and, and we as well are are surrounded by so many negative influences and, and people who are hostile to the gospel and hostile to the scriptures and hostile to you, Father. And Lord, we can't escape that. We can't run and hide. We must live in this world and continue in love and in grace and in power to reach out to those who are lost. But Father, I pray that you would, on that path, that you would give our our children, bring people into their path who who would not lead them astray, Lord. They already have enough of that, but that would lead them towards you. Continue to reinforce their Christianity and support them in it. Father, you are truly beautiful, truly beautiful. I long for the day where sin is no more, and we perfectly reflect you once again. Wow, that will be incredible. But Lord, even now, if we look closely, we can still see your reflection in us. And it is, it is, it is beautiful. Marred by sin, yes, but it is beautiful And it is only beautiful because it reflects you. We thank you for that. It's in Jesus Christ's name, our Savior's name, that we pray. Amen.